All right, before we get into your Chicago Bears here on ESPN 1000, a great Sunday morning. i got to play one more cut from this uh, TV show, The Bear on FX, a show that surprisingly Brian Hanley is actually watching. Oh, and you know that? me. I'm I, I'm a trendsetter. You know, no, you are not I'm a trendsetter. An influencer. I'm an influencer. You are not an influencer. Oh, yes, I am. You don't even know. I'm on TikTok. Your dogs, look, you have influenced your dogs. I will admit to that. You're a great oh, I, influence I, on your... No, I, I. the resorts want me to stay there for free. So <laughs> really? Can, you know, huh. Yeah. Oh, you don't even know. I, no, I, mean, I don't. I'm out to the clubs till four in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you just it's a whole different life. Wow. You can you can wow. only wish to be me. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. Well, I will spend my day doing just that. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, let's play this uh, last cut from the TV show, The Bear. By, by the way, they dropped the whole first season. And if you are like me, if you really like something... You just gorge yourself. And then all of a sudden, it's like, now I'm waiting for season number two, which I don't know. I haven't done any reading. I'm not sure when that will be out, but season one, eight episodes, I think it was. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm good for like three episodes. I can't do the entire season of anything in one yeah, day. Yeah, I, I don't do it in one day, but if I like yeah. it, it I, can, I can pretty much plow through it in like three or four days. And then is all of a sudden, Ted, I'm waiting. By the way, this is yeah. the last season for Ted Lasso. Did you know that? I did not know that. Is it? Yeah, and that's upsetting to me. I've been. I mean, well, been, you got to leave them wanting more. Is well, what they say. What, three seasons? That's, you go out the Seinfeld way, but shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that I was surprised. I thought there was a lot more there, but everything I've read, this is it. So. All right. Here's that uh, last cut I want to play from the TV show The Bear. Here we go, here we go, here we go. All right. So we're at Sirius, right? Which was the, the bar at the bottom of the board of the trade building, right? Just this little bar in the lobby, right? But the thing is, the place opened at like 6.30 in the morning so that when traders, when they lost their ass when the market opened, they could just, you know, they could walk over and just get hammered in this little bar. Anyway, the name Sirius was named after the goddess of agriculture, sorry. And, uh... Right. Somebody's jealous they weren't invited, huh? Uh, I would not have gone. You would have gone. Wow. Hey, Carmi, you some parmy. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got some parmy. Anyway, on top of the building, there was like a statue of Ceres. And her back, for all of you historians, was facing towards the east. And that's because all of trading had just moved to the Midwest. So the architect, John Storrs, legend has it, he built this statue. It was like a, it was like a big you. Yeah, so anyway, so the point is, we're out all night. We're drunk as shit. We figured the only place is still open, of course, series. And being 6.45 in the morning, we are right to assume that the place is going to be a ghost town, right? Anyway, cousin, was it a ghost town? It was not a ghost town. Not only was it not a ghost town, it was a rager. It was packed. It was just like, right? All Blackhawk fans and cousin who was there? Savvy. Oh, Savvy. That is motherfucking Savard. Number 18 in the house. But not only that, no, no, no. Does not stop there. Chelios, Belfort, let's go! Right? The night before, Savvy had gotten inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. We walk into this giant party. I mean, it's going off, right? And this motherfucker, he somehow, this curious fellow, he somehow gets his hands on what was it? It was like a, it was like a series pamphlet or yeah. something? Behind the bar. All right, so he's behind he's, the bar. He's reading aloud about the history of the goddess of agriculture, and somehow mm-hmm. in that process, he somehow decides that he too has this deep connection to uh, to agriculture, yeah, right? So he takes yeah. out his phone. He starts leaving this outgoing message, right? What was the fucking <laughs> message? I, you, know, you have reached the voicemail of Richie Yermovich, the goddess of agriculture. I believe it. The goddess over here. He's trying to leave this message, but he's a puddle. He keeps. 
up. It's just getting louder and louder and louder. And somehow with all the caffeine, all the nonsense, with all the hullabaloo, yeah. we hear this voice ring out. And the voice says, what are you doing? <laughs> right? And right in front of us, this guy, he turns around. Who was it? Bill Murray! <laughs> any Chicago TV show that, or any show that represents Chicago, if, if you don't mention Bill Murray to kind of create that context, you're not doing it right. Bill Murray. You, I was at Savvy's induction to the Hall of Fame in Toronto. I covered it, and I covered Savvy and, and Chelly. And Savvy is still one of my favorites of all time. I mean, I just love him to death, and, and we used to have a lot of fun. That, I mean, that was just, and, and the party we had that night after I filed my story, and Steve Rosenblum and Tim Sasson, the late, great uh, yeah, uh, sure. Tim Sasson, yep. one of my best friends in the whole world. That was a party up in Toronto. I can imagine what that. That was probably a legit party down there, too, because, you know, one thing about Shelly and Savvy, they didn't get cheated when it came to having fun. I'll tell you something. Just as a fan, uh, I was getting my beginnings in music radio at the time, but I it's not like I had any credentials or whatever. Just as a fan, I have run into Chelios and uh, at the old Hawkeyes in... Um, uh, in uh, on Taylor Street, I, I I ran into so many Hawk players back in the early '90s. Had conversations, had beers with so many Hawk players at various places. So when they told that story, fictional as it was, it just reminded me of some of the times that I had had in the past running into Blackhawks players in the early '90s. They were out drinking with all the fans. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. I used to, I used to run bets for Savvy. Uh, the OTBs on the road is a good. One of his best friends was Jerry Lasala, who was a jockey locally. And whenever Jerry had a live mount, he would tell Savvy. And so I would sometimes leave practice, like in Denver, get in my car, drive to the nearest OTB, and, and put down a bet on you know a race at Hawthorne for Savvy, and uh, you know then head back with the tickets or whatever. So you know he had a, he he has a love for horse racing. He has a love for life. He's one of my all time favorites. So. Yeah, that that resonates. I mean, that, I'll bet you that was based on on a on a true party. I'm sure it was. I'm and no doubt. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was. It, it's really a great show. If you appreciate true Chicago vibe, that is a a great show. And now I'm hungry for a good Italian beef. Hey, Maybe I'll hit eat, uh, Mr. Beef on the way home. Did you ever eat a Chelly's chili? I did. Okay, I was served so, by his dad. Yeah, and and he, mom and dad. He, he bought the place so his dad was a great Greek chef, you know, that yep. he had something to do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I said to Chelly, I said, hey, you know, is that like an old family recipe? Do you, know, do you really love that chili? He goes, oh, I don't eat chili. I'm like, it says Chelly's chili. He goes, no, my dad, I mean, I did it for my dad. He said, I don't, I, I wouldn't eat that stuff. He goes, have you ever seen Chelly? He, I mean, he looks like he could go skate. Oh, sure, right sure. Now, right? Sure. Yeah. She so was sitting down with a big bowl of chili and a pile of cheddar cheese. <laughs> no, that was for, uh, that was for uh, all us slobs. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> like, no, and it was I, good. He was good. I'll never forget his dad serving me, and his dad having the Stanley Cup ring, uh, uh, Chris's Montreal Stanley Cup ring on his finger. His dad named Gus, right? Yeah, Gus, Gus Chelios. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, I mean, it's great. I mean, as, I, I've always said, as much as this is a big city, it's a small town. It's it big, is. Everyone, you know, you run into. You, Everyone knows somebody who knows somebody, and you, like you said, you can just run into guys, whether the elevator to the Hancock or, you know, Shelly's dad serving you up a bowl of chili, 
it, it's that's what makes Chicago Chicago. Absolutely. Respects, yeah. All right. So talking about the Bears, Brian, we've got uh, some ground to cover on the Bears. It seems like Ooh, uh, the coaching trouble. staff is uh, ground to cover, not trouble. Well, we've tr- got some injuries, too. Well, uh, so. I mean, you know, isn't that par for the course? Yeah. <laughs> the first snap of, of tackling. <laughs> well, well, you know, you can't really that's- schedule them. Well, they only had one more after that. After two snaps of, of tackling, they decided, well, you know, we're down a wide receiver. Let's let's just go. Let's get our conditioning in. And that was intense enough for a lot of guys. Yeah, we've got a uh, coach here talking about this yesterday as far as updates on uh, injuries. Uh, a couple of things today with uh, injury. Okay, so we have um, Pringle. Pringle's going to be have a... No time to return, but his is going to be a little bit longer. He has a quad, okay. So that's a that's a uh, one of the things we want to talk about there. And then you guys saw that uh, Gordon and Valus were out there. That's his day to day. They're with the trainers. They'll be back when they can. Um, and that's day to day. Injuries part of the game. Never can schedule them. Never can tell when they're going to hit. Not good at this point. We're but staring the- down our first preseason game. The and Carol Harry one is the one that he he had an ankle injury after getting tackled by Eddie Jackson. He got sandwiched with a couple of defenders on a um I think it was a screen wait wait pass. you had me at tackled by Eddie Jackson All right I mean think about that and Eddie <laughs> Eddie knows this that this coaching staff ain't screwing around right. And by the way, did you do all the bleeping on the bear cuts, or did you make Jake do that? No, because I did that. that. I did oh that. My Lord, he was he a- was he was my safety net. As as a true story, I sent it to him yesterday. After slaving over the audio editor, and I yeah. said, please listen to all of this, That's because true. I'm bound to have missed one or two. That, but that, yes, it, it took a, a fair amount of work. It's, yeah, you know, if you're watching that show, it's well worth watching. Maybe the, the young kids shouldn't be in the room while you're watching it if you don't want them picking up a, a you know spicy vocabulary. Or don't have your parrot around. Yeah, but um, Harry, who you've you, you dealt a seventh-round pick to the Patriots, former first-round draft pick, who hopefully is needs a change of address and a new start. Um, and you think you know low-risk, high-reward type guy. He he didn't get carted off, but he needed to be helped off the field with this ankle injury. And now they're they're hopeful that he's available for the first regular season game, but time will tell. And given Justin Fields needs all the help around him he can get, I was really interested to see how that plays out. Now, he's not out for the season or anything like that, but you right now you don't know. He's not going to be available until, I guess, best-case scenario, first regular season game, and we'll see. But um, Right now, if this were under the Matt Nagy regime, it wouldn't matter because he didn't play starters in preseason, which always made me nuts, and we'll right. actually see them. It's 100% chance that people will get game time action with a, hopefully, a low chance of getting injured. But, of course, Nagy always thought, oh, injury possibility, sit him down. Don't get him ready. And, and after the break, we can hear from some of the players about how tough those practices were. Because Matt Eberfus, you know, told you up front that this, he told them. He ain't messing this. around. He said, this will be the toughest thing you've ever gone through, no matter how many teams you've been with or if this is the only organization you know. This It was a Jason Laser in the Sun-Times said, yeah, I love this. He wrote, unlike Matt Nagy's Friday Friday Night Lights approach, uh, you know, Matt Eberflus ain't that guy. Okay, so there's going to be no, you know, kumbaya and, and this guy's great. And Ryan Pace were fired up about this guy, Tevin Jenkins. Um, this guy, they're making decisions and they're making quick decisions and you better bring it every practice because they're putting it all on tape and they're looking at it. 
And a couple of players have said, you know, what would pass last couple seasons, they're marking them down as loafs. You know, before it, it, the last regime wouldn't, wouldn't make any issues of these things. Yeah. And, and so there are bad habits that get formed. And th- these guys will tell you right now, that's not half speed ain't going to cut it with with this regime. So. Well, uh, and and I'm, I'm getting word now that Rick Hahn is looking for Matt Eberflus's uh, contact you could, information. He could do worse. I'll yeah. bet you um, he, he, he might get this team into the playoffs. He, he, if, he, if he was in the dugout starting today, and he might not have ever played baseball in his life, but I'm guessing he has, I think he will this team. It, Just it talk be, to the team, Matt. Yeah. Just talk to the you team. You think we need yeah. a Ted Lasso, but for the White Sox? Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. 312-332-3776. Back to Talk Bears. We'll hear that audio right here on ESPN 1000. There are millions of places to get ESPN Chicago. There are smart speakers, phones, podcasts, standing in front of the old National Bank studio on State Street. Hello. There's Twitch.tv, FMHD, and of course, the original ESPN 1000 on the AM dial. We're glad you found us. And so are these very patient hosts, Mark Zander and Brian Hanley. Uh, they've been tough, you know. Um, Coach is asking a lot of us. They're working us. Um, but, you know, we got the guys on this team that we're battling. Uh, the, the Heat battling. Everything right now, and you know we're we're, we're answering the call. So, yeah, um, these last two days definitely got everything out of me. Um, you know, we walk into the locker room, guys laid out. Um, I'm cold right now because I'm soaked in this shirt. But um, um, no, nah, the last two days have, have been tough, but we needed them. The intensity, like going from period to period, um, you know, we're having to run to the ball, and like the way we we go about things, it's a lot harder than what I've usually done. Yeah, for sure. Who so wants to make it hard enough that when you get to the game, it's not as hard, or or maybe you've You've had that intensity before that you can adapt to it. I would just say this, that if you want to be a good football team, you have to have mental and physical stamina. And to build that callus, to build that stamina, you have to go through hard. And you can't do it by going through soft. So um, that's just what our practices do. So the tempo which we practice, um, how we execute with speed, and what we're asking and the standards of what we're asking our players to do, that builds that mental and physical stamina. No, I think you have to do it every year. So every year you come in, you have to build that mental and physical stamina. You do. You get it because you got to reset it. Coach Eberflus there wrapping up that uh, audio. Also heard from Herbert and Morrow on the tough practices and Bears training camp. You wonder if Eberflus walked into uh, the situation midseason, Brian, last year. And try to get all these guys to do that if he would just be shocked. Oh, can you imagine? I mean, he, he's obviously, you know, when they start talking about getting track shoes on these guys and what the conditioning was going to be like and, Ryan, you know, Poles, Ryan Poles is on board. They, they have an idea of what went on here under the previous GM and head coach, but I can't If they actually experienced a week of it, they'd probably get sick to their stomach, right? Yeah, yeah right. That's my point. Yeah. It's just, and uh, this is, you know, and well, clean slate time. He he seems like he's a very serious sort, without being a complete hard ass, right? I mean, without, I think players will respect Matt Eberflus, not necessarily fear him, right? They'll understand what, why they're doing right. what they're Peggy doing. Peggy and Dion yesterday, I think it was Peggy that kind of um, classified him or characterized him as kind of corporate. Yes, uh, a big corporate. Yeah, no, he, he, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's, you know, there's not, there's no shades of gray here. here. Here's the corporate manual, right? Here's what we expect of you. And as long as you follow through on these things and, and do it each and every day, we'll, we'll have no issues, right? But it's not like he's, he's Gordon Ramsay and, and screaming at people. And now I'm sure there'll be moments where he raises his voice, but it just, I think he's one of these, you know what he expects from you. And if you don't bring it pretty much every day and, and every time you're on the practice field. You, you won't be day. surprised as to what happens because you have right. made been made aware of what is expected. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, back in the day when Lance Briggs opened up a barbecue place, I think that was in Sacramento, and he, he asked if he could leave Labor Day weekend uh, because he wanted to be there for the grand opening. And um, Phil Emery and... Um, uh, what's his name? The the crazy coach. They said, sure, go ahead. I mean, the inmates were running the asylum, and they knew they could was get that away Trestman? with that. I mean, yeah, 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 Mark Trustman. So uh, they knew that you could even go in and ask that question, because and you knew that you were going to get permission to do so, because that's what that regime was like, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pull that stuff today with this group. <laughs> You're here. No, it's human nature, Brian. It's human nature for people to test Oh, Management, you know, whether I don't care if you're working at an auto parts store, whatever you do in life, you don't even maybe realize you're doing it. Um, and maybe sometimes these are conniving type people. But the point is they test to see where the soft spots are to try to, you know, uh, uh, to what's the word I'm looking for to, uh, you know, take advantage of. Right. Sure. And and yeah. and, you know, with it seems the message we're getting is what people used to get away with. They will not. Right. I mean, and it's like you said, it's human nature. If if I think I can you know, talk my window, yeah, I, if I can talk my way into an extended lunch, maybe I'll try for the day off tomorrow. Right? That's exactly um, that's exactly my point. Yeah. 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 And, and so could you and, imagine and, the Sox players being held accountable? Oh, oh that's a dream. See? See, yeah, I'm, I, sorry. I'm sorry I fell into that trap. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sorry I need a day off because I'm tired because I haven't had a day off in five days. What? Um, okay, sure. Or you when it's to... worse, when hey, you're getting a day off because I know you're tired. No, I'm not. Co- no, no. Let me let me sit to you. That's no, the least I could no. do for you. You need a day off. Yeah, trust me, you need a day off. I'm not pushing you. It's, yeah, we got plenty of time to write this ship. So take the day off today. We'll start tomorrow. You know, so speaking of days off. Uh, you know, we've been talking about Tevin Jenkins, right? Uh, Peggy yesterday during the week, she actually confirmed that they were shopping him. And we talked about this. He was not there. And then all of a sudden yesterday, he was at practice with pads on. Uh, allegedly, he practiced today. Here's a, a bit of what we heard this past week on uh, Tevin Jenkins with the Bears. The last 10 days or so, what have you been dealing with? Uh, I've been in the training room trying to get better, like just uh, health-wise. And I've been in there for ever since I've been out after the first day of training camp. What specifically have you been? Uh, I don't want to disclose that right now. Can you say uh, whether your back is good? or I'm not going to disclose that right now. That's all. What what have you thought about reports and some of the talk about you that the team is trying to trade you, that you're not happy? What can you add to that, or what do you want to say about that? Just in general. I'm here for Chicago Bears right now. I'm here to play football for the Chicago Bears, and that's what I want to do, and that's what I plan on doing right now. Do you feel like you have a legitimate opportunity to win a starting job? Do you feel like that's actually there for you? I believe so. Are you happy here? Yeah, I am. Chicago. Who's not happy in Chicago? (laughs) A lot of things to do. 
What indications do you have that make you believe, yeah, I, I can win this spot? Very. What indications do you have that make you believe, yeah, I can win a starting spot? Uh, belief in myself. You can just say that. Do you feel, what's your, what's your do you relationship feel, with the coaching staff and how you feel that they feel good or bad about you? From my understanding, I love the coaches. We have no animosity towards each other. We talk to each other every day. And uh, that's it. You think you could or wanted to come back earlier and they were holding you out to be cautious with their back and forth? Because obviously, you knew you wanted to be out there. Uh, that was for the betterment of my health. So we just did what we had to do to make sure I was 100% before I go back out there. Are you hopeful people ramp up to do a little bit more tomorrow? Yeah, that's the, plan. that's the plan right now, yeah. Tevin Jenkins facing the uh, media yesterday. Uh, so that was fresh audio from him himself. Doesn't sound like he wants to talk about what's been going on in the training room. His back condition seems like he has, he feels like he has a shot at winning a starting job. Does he in reality? Is he being shopped for a trade? We'll see. Well, and look, I, I think we all feel for the kid. I mean, he's been put in a position he was overdrafted. Yeah. He was overpromised, and and he couldn't deliver because he had back surgery after having a back injury. Even though they claimed it was two separate issues, whatever it was, he wasn't available. But for 161 snaps last year, so I feel for the kid. He's trying to be very diplomatic there, and not say too much, and not let whatever frustration I'm sure he's feeling. You know, they the fact of the matter is. Um, Ryan Poles talked about what the uh, offensive line conditioning has to be and what it should look like. And I think he's, he lost like 25 pounds, right? Um, so he, he's, he came in at 345, and now he's down to 321, 322. And that still might be too, too little too late. Um, the fact of the matter is... Or Braxton too big Jones, too late. Yeah. Braxton Jones is a fifth-round pick who's who's bounced him from the left side, which Ryan Pace envisioned him as a starting left tackle for years to come. Not going to happen. So then he goes to the right side, and immediately, you know, they get guys like uh, Ryan, uh, uh, Larry Borum, and Riley Reef. So now he's battling for backup tackle on the right, right side, and the next move would be to guard or backup guard. And I don't think that that is what this regime envisions. And so. They're not hearing anything of substance in return when they talk trade to other teams because the kid's damaged goods yeah. and he hasn't been out there and he hasn't right. been available. And now they know that. And they can't be surprised because he was overdrafted. Exactly. And so now, I mean, it, do, you, do you play him the first few games and hope to get some tape on him and get something for him? Or eventually do you just say, we didn't draft him, even though they, they moved up in the second round and had you know spent draft capital to move up and it was a bad decision. Do you chase good money after bad, or do you just say goodbye and, and cut them and let them go make a, make right. a living and, and they've had to do that. They've had to make up for previous bad decisions already. It would be just another one on the list. Paulie wants to jump in in Mount Prospect. He has thoughts on the Bears and the White Sox. Let's see. Is, uh... Paulie, you're on. ESPN 1000. Good morning, guys. Hey. Actually, I guess it's afternoon now. Sorry. Yeah, it actually I is. Couple, yeah. <laughs> I did have a couple thoughts, though. I thought first and foremost. Did we have you on hold the, that long? No, no, no. Okay. no it's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I lost track of time. Uh, so, you know, first and foremost, though, with the uh, the White Sox, I know Hanley pronounced them dead, but what are your thoughts on potentially getting a motivational speaker, someone like the Nature Boy Ric Flair? Come in and fire the team. I saw him speaking to the uh, the Titans last week. 
that's kind of where, I, where I'm going. How so about I, Matt I, I Foley? And now eh, nah, that's not going to work. He's yeah, down by the river. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I you, don't know. You get, I think it'd be lost in translation on this young group, right? Would they even know who Ric Flair is? I mean, Matt Eberflus <laughs> would get their attention. If, I, yeah, know. I don't even know if he would understand half of what he was saying. But then um, right. on, the, on the opposite end, though, <clears throat> I think um, I was summoning my Tony LaRusa last night and with the, with the rash of Bears injuries. And I think the Bears... But the message needs to be to these guys, don't go 100%. Just go 70%. I don't want you hustling on any play. I want you going 70%. Because TLR way, hashtag TLR way. <laughs> on the don't run list. Remember yeah. we on the, the, do not, the DNR <laughs> list, right. Yeah, do not run I list. I want my Remember? wide receivers and quarterbacks on the, on the don't run list. Yeah, that was right. That, that was that was one of the excuses like a week or a month and a half ago, right? There's been if so many a, I've lost track, Brian. If it's a routine play. Routine grounder, do, do not run. We don't want you hurt. We don't want those t- tender legs to, to you know. Thanks for the in. call, Polly. You know, right. It just, it just brings up another one of all this well, long list laugh- of ridiculous excuses. Laughable, yeah, laughable things that we've all seen with the Sox team this year. Meanwhile, we have a new coach, Matt Eberflus, working these guys to sweat, piles of sweat on the floor, which I love to hear. I mean. That we want to, we want to see some conditioning. We want to see some accountability. We want to see something we haven't seen with the Bears in a while. And it looks like, uh, from all indications, we will. They may not win every game, but we're going to see something that's a little more responsible and enjoyable on the field, Brian. What do Chicago fans only the minimum, bare minimum, whether it's the Bears or any other sport, effort. They want to see a team that tries, that team that brings it every day, whether they're good enough, where they have the talent. You know, those are conversations you can have, but anyone going through the motions or if you have the talent and you're just not, you know, you don't, you're not pushing yourself, this town doesn't abide by that. It, nope. it never has and never will. We don't like it. We don't like it. And uh, we're going to give our best effort in our last half hour here going up to 1 p.m. Where we will uh, join uh, the pregame for the White Sox in their fourth game against the Rangers down in Texas where it is hot and the Sox are just, I guess, they're tired. They're just tired. But we hope for the best Giolitos on the mound today. Our next segment, we're going to do our high-low. You ready for that, Brian? I am. We'll do that after this on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Playing a game called high-low. All you have to do is you have to tell me the three most expensive ones. The three most expensive ones. Would you like to hear about them first? Sure. All right, Rich, tell us about it. All right, we've got a game of high-low here. Brian Hanley, he's got his. I've got mine. I'm Xander. And, uh, Brian, you're going first on today's version of high-low on ESPN 1000. You know, I was very intrigued when the uh, Jim uh, Ursay collection was coming to town, and, and we broadcast as a station from there on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering what it was all about. And it's, it was fascinating. I mean, it is fascinating. We just heard the... Spot there where it's moving to Indianapolis because, by the way, he happens to own the Colts. Um, but I mean, you talk about memorabilia, and, and a, a huge part of the collection is music because he has the Jim Mercer band. Did you see Mike Mills from REM is in the band with him? I did um, not realize that. Very talented uh, vocalist and bassist. You can imagine he's spending some money on on the band, and apparently they're they're pretty good. Um, but, but the first one for high-low is this collection, which includes historical documents, 
unbelievable collection of, of musical instruments played by legends, um, sports memorabilia, um, high or low. If I told you that he said the value of the collection is $75 million, is that high or low in terms of what he actually said it is? You know, Brian, just because I know you, I'm going to say that's low. Yeah, that's correct. Jim Ursay claims that it's $100 million worth of and tells you kind of money. Yeah, and Brian Hanley's all about the shock value. He wants yeah, it. well, he inherited this from his dad, uh, and he's been adding to it ever since, right? right? So right. it's nice to nice to be in that uh, that family DNA. Um, but yeah, that that's a hundred million dollars, and he said he doesn't need the money. If someone offered him a billion dollars, he said if a, a Saudi sheik offered him a billion dollars, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't take it. And, and I really thought it was cool that it was open to the public for free if you just signed up until they hit the limit of how many people they were going to have uh, going through the thing. Yeah, I missed my chance to see it, but I'm very familiar with the the collection itself. Some amazing pieces in there. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? I mean, it's it's really valued. You Windows know, they have valuations and everything. And, and you know, it's it's amazing what... If something is very important to somebody, what what it could be worth, right? I mean, Ringo Starr's drum set from the Beatles' appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, John Coltrane's saxophone, and just insane. That? Elton John's piano they toured with for twenty years, and and that's Paul definitely the, that's a that's the collection where you say, I wonder whatever happened to. Well, right. it's in that collection. Yeah, Paul McCartney, and Freddie Mercury also played on those things. So it, uh, on that piano, I mean, and that's just, I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of things here. So. But that, yeah, $100 million. Nice to be Jim Mercy Jr. Wow. Amazing, amazing. All right, so mine is music. No surprise here. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we were joking. You you thought Metallica was at uh, Wrigley Field. It turned out to be Motley Crue, and, and we were kind of having a little fun with that. But Motley Crue is on their stadium tour. And it's already come through Chicago this weekend. It's two nights at Fenway, along with Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. Now, to Motley Crue, they famously, famously... We're on a farewell tour a few years ago. They retired and said they cannot contractually ever tour again. And what they do, they toured. And I thought, you know what? It's about time to bring this up. Now, Kiss is on their current farewell tour right uh -huh. now. Motley Crue has done this once. Who was the, uh, before we get into high low, do you know who the first rock band to ever use the tour? Oh, well, I, they were probably the first band, touring band to ever use the farewell tour moniker. Do you know who that was? The Eagles? But no, 40 years ago. The Who. Mm. The Who. Yes, after Keith Moon died in 78, they put out a couple albums in 1982. They called it the farewell tour. Simple as that. And they really started the concept. But, uh, first one up here on, uh, high low for me. The Rolling Stones, by name and concept, how many farewell tours have the Rolling Stones done? Now, I will put this at two. Is this high or is this low, Brian Hanley? I'm going to say it's low, and they just wrapped up in Berlin uh, Berlin for their last show on this current tour. And I think there will be another tour in the future as long as Mick uh, is, is running around, right? I'm going to say low. No. Mm. No, that is high. They have never, ever, now they've talked, uh, maybe we'll retire, whatever. They have never had a farewell tour that I can remember. Yeah. Never actually said. And Keith Richards has been famous for saying, we're never going to retire. I mean, this is the band that will do the hologram tour 
<laughs> Hopefully not. Or they will have like, I don't know, maybe maybe Keith will teach his daughters how to play guitar and satisfaction, sure. and and yeah. and all the siblings will come up. Charlie Watts' grandkids. Yeah, yeah, and it, right. The new yeah. the new Rolling Stones. Who knows? Well, but to my knowledge, there has never been a farewell concept tour where they said we're done after this. That's it. That's interesting, and yeah. I, I guarantee. And you would you, think that there would have been right sixty yeah. years this year, sixty. I, I guarantee you they'll tour again because what they are doing now is doing the stadium tour, but they'll they'll allow like a week between or ten days between shows. Yeah, right? they're not they're not going city to city in three days. Right now, they, they, they they can dictate their pace. Sure. All right, uh, what's your second high low? Right. Okay, I'm sticking with the Jim Ursay collection. And by the way, uh, this is out of the New York Post, and I haven't been looking at the Post. I used to read it when I went to New York covering sports because it's there's nothing like that in the daily news, right? Here's a headline for you. A- Italian decathletes, let's call it javelin, kept popping out of shorts during race. And another one, rugby star Michael Licha nearly died after catching a fiancé performing sex act on a teammate. This is what you're going to find in the New York Post. You don't get that here in Chicago. But uh, the most recent um, item that Jim Ursay purchased for the Jim Ursay collection, let's say it is $4 million. Okay. Muhammad Ali's belt that he, uh, when he defeated George Foreman in Zaire, uh, Jim Ursay spent $4 million. $4 million on, on that belt. From the uh, Thrill in Manila, the Thrill in Manila, yeah, I would say that that is actually high. No, six million dollars. Wow, he can write a check for that, and then he also revealed that the gold on the belt is not really gold. <laughs> Imagine if it was. Would it be twelve million then? <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. I guess it could have been made out of plastic if that's what they used. Yeah, well, that's no, what's going to get no, uh, Don, that's the valuation. No, Don King, he pocketed some of the money that <laughs> no, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll take that gold. I'll take yeah, that gold. Yeah, Crofters are going to grift. All yeah. right. So uh, on the subject of farewell tours, Ozzy Osbourne, Ooh. who has had many, many uh, lives, more than nine, he famously went on uh, a farewell tour. But I don't know. Maybe did he do more than one? The, your number is one. Is that high or low? I'm going to say it's low. And I, I only know Ozzy from the t- his first reality TV show with his wife, Sharon. And that was that was like watching a car accident every week. Um, but I watched it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it actually is it is low. And here's a sense of humor that Ozzy had. It was No More Tours in 1991 because he had a song entitled No More Tears. And then No More Tours 2. So he did two farewell tours. Did and you then, ever see him? Did you, were you a fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sabbath? Yeah, a fan of Black Sabbath, a fan of uh, all Ozzy's solo stuff. Yes. Yes, and he actually has, for anybody who doesn't know and you're an Ozzy fan, and I, I know enough about the album, it's really good. On September 9th, he's putting out uh, Patient Number 9, the album. He does a song with Jeff Beck on it. And there are many others wow. of that ilk, as far as Tony Iommi and others, that have contributed. And oh, Ozzy sounds that. great. He yeah. and he's he's recouping now from major spine surgery. So, Ooh. okay, is there, is there minor spine surgery? No, no, no. Either. This is major stuff. Probably will force a no more tours situation with Ozzy. Let me ask you this: yeah. too, too bad we don't have. Remember when he sang? Uh, he led the uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" in Ringy Field. <laughs> yeah, too I'm sure we, we have, have it that. in the system somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, I don't think we have time, but we'll I bring that up. I don't know what was in his system when he was doing it, but uh, everything. Yeah, everything <laughs> and a beef sandwich. There you go. <laughs> wet, juicy. Yeah, wet, all of it. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. The uh, last Jim Irsay collection uh, question. Buzz Aldrin spacesuit. Uh, Jim Irsay recently purchased that. His his the the the, the Holy Grail or, or what he really wants is Neil Armstrong spacesuit from the first lunar landing. Mm-hmm. He spent one million dollars on Buzz Aldrin spacesuit, but he wants Neil Armstrong's spacesuit. Oh, that's uh, that's low. Correct. Three million dollars. I mean, you're just writing checks. Three million there, six million for a belt with no gold. Here's Must be your, nice. And it's stuff that you have to put on display. It's not like you're like, I'm climbing in this suit and I'm going out and cutting the grass. You can't have fun with any of this stuff. He can't touch it. He can't breathe on it. He's in the lazy boy with a beard and he's wearing Buzz Aldrin's... That uh, big helmet? You got to open up the the window. You got to flip it up to take a a swig of the beer? I'm going to take the garbage out. I don't think Jim takes his own garbage out. But can you imagine just walking down the driveway or on the riding mower? Hey, how you Yeah, yeah with that, that space suit on? Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. Look, if I had that kind of money and I wasn't <laughs> investing, I well, that would be dumb of me. But, it, you know, I would wear it on my riding, my zero turn. Can you turn. imagine that? Hell yeah. yeah. I'd do that. Be, All right, my, my last uh, high low. Okay, so we talked about the band Kiss. All right? Farewell tour. Never a fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. You're either in or out. Yeah, Kiss I'm has out. had four farewell tours. Is that high or is that low? That's low. I think they're on 12 or 13. No, they had five. You're right. Yeah, I would have yeah. missed more. Kiss yeah, is up. the king of that, and they're actually on their farewell tour where they're talking about, oh, we're going to cry the last show, and uh, the makeup's going to run everywhere, and oh, we'll see what happens. How much makeup do you think those guys have gone through? Oh, incredible amount. Incredible amount. Jake, when I was a kid and I was in the KISS Army, because, uh, yes, I was that kid in the 70s. Really? These guys were not seen without their makeup. It was a brilliant marketing yeah. thing. We all, as in grammar school, we're like, oh, my God. Like, we, it would just be incredible to even to actually imagine seeing them without their makeup. It was such a brilliant marketing thing. And then in uh, August of 83 on MTV, they revealed. And, and then what? they put it back on. Well, and it's been going back and forth ever since. Can you imagine they also could live a life without paparazzi either? Because they no one knew what they looked like. It was right? brilliant. It was a brilliant marketing plan, and they're all going to have, I mean, they all have money to last many, many lifetimes. Generational wealth they have generated. All right, we're back to wrap things up, uh, get those Twitter polls all wrapped up, and get you ready for Sox pregame. We've got Dion Miller taking care of those duties today here on your home for the Chicago White Sox, ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Bring out your day! Bring out your day! Bring out your day! Here's one! Ninepence. I'm not dead! What? Nothing? Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead! Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not! He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better! No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. I can't take him like that. It's against regulations. I don't want to go on the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. They've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. You think I'll go for a walk? You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look, there's no something you can do. I feel happy. I feel happy. (laughs) 
Oh, thanks very much. Not at all. See you on Thursday. Right. Playing the part of the I'm not dead guy would be general manager Rick Hahn. Uh, the Brian? entire White Sox team. Um, they passed peacefully last night in Arlington, Texas, in front of 40,000 people. And uh, in lieu of flowers, please send left-handed power. Um, yeah. I, I, no, they, they For died next last year. Night. Yeah, they died last night. The 2022 White Sox um, were an interesting team, and um, we're going to miss them. And we're not happy. Um, I'm, I'm happy. No, I'm not happy because I've been watching this. So, yeah, they officially uh, are deceased in my world. Last night was the final uh, the final breath of a team that pretends to be a World Series uh, contending team. They died in Arlington, Texas, in front of Michael Kopech's family. And well, they're not, they're not actually pretending. It's not even classified as pretending. They were so, We were sold a bill of goods. And they keep saying they're going to get better. Like the, the, I got better. I'm getting better. No, you're not. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. No, you're not. No, you you're not. Walk. You don't walk. You don't run. You can't run. Do not run. You don't take enough You're not walks. on the do not run. You're on the yeah. do not let run me list. Check, let me check the list. Oh, you are. You're on the DNR. Do not run list. You're okay. Go half speed to first where you'll meet, uh, you know, a double play. Uh, yeah. So they, unfortunately, that they have 55 games left, but that, that group, uh, officially passed last night in Arlington, Texas. And it was very sad, but it was comforting. Buried out um, there in my, uh, childhood home backyard. Yes. Right Wait, it was That's comforting. It. No, it yes. wasn't. Yeah. No, it was comforting because now that my stress level's gone down. Oh, okay. Long. So you could, yeah. you could just, well, you know what? It's not that easy for me. So, yeah. We had I one appreciate, Sox, yeah, I appreciate your sentiments, but it's not that easy for we me. We had one Sox fan tweet us that he gave them the uh, the last rights in April and spent much <laughs> a much nicer summer for him because he hasn't stressed about it. So yeah, yeah. Well, there's this whole thing about doing a sports uh, radio talk show where you have to actually stay up on things, so mm-hmm. it's not that easy for us. Yeah. And it, despite what Brian's saying, he'll be watching tonight yes yeah. this afternoon mm-hmm. all right so uh we've got a couple twitter polls to wrap up quickly here will both andrew vaughn and jose abreu be on the white Sox next season jake Cantu, tell us how that poll turned out no 52.6 percent yes 47 okay that's, that's uh, close yeah that's that's close all right and the other one which pitcher has the brightest future michael kopech after last night Michael or Justin Steele, I should say, on the Chicago Cubs and Keegan Thompson. Who has the brightest future there? Jake Cantu? OPEC still has the fans, uh, 54.7%. Really? And then the rest, Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, uh, both tied at around well, 20%. Well, this is your home for Chicago White Sox baseball. Maybe it's a little home cooking, Brian? Well, as a Cubs fan, I wouldn't trade you either Steele or Thompson for Michael Kopech currently, uh, just based on this season. So. That's now, just, now he has had his decent games. Oh no, just look, decent. He's, but no, he's been he's been very good at times. But you know, Sully said it. Consistency get, is not his thing this year. And and he's got a head start on these other two guys. But they're all basically 27, 26 years of old age. And I like the future of either of those Cubs starters moving forward. Yep, yep, kind of makes sense. All right, so we are going to duck out of here. We've got that fourth game against the Rangers down in uh, Texas. And we've got Giolito on the mound. Let's hope he has a good game. Let's hope for run support even more so because, I mean, we got to get it going at some point. But Brian says they're dead, so don't look for anything 
too spectacular. I'm White Sox pre- <laughs> No, you're not. White Sox <laughs> pregame show with Dion Miller coming up next here on your Chicago home, your home for Chicago baseball. White Sox baseball, that is, on ESPN 1000.